Hey, 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 welcome to Novel Finds, the podcast where we talk about your favorite books, our favorite books, and everything in between. Hey, it's me, Maggie, and I am here with a wonderful author interview. I'm very excited to be speaking with Kate Evans. She is a poet and an author. Uh, today, we are talking about her crime thriller novels, Awake of Crows and Drowning Not Waving. Kate, how are you doing? I'm doing very well, thank you. Yes, I was I was in the sea this morning at eight o'clock, so uh, that always brightens the day. <laughs> Amazing. Uh, is the weather warm enough <laughs> to be jumping into the sea? Well, the, the weather's warm enough. The sea is still about nine degrees C. So, oh my goodness. Yeah, it's a bit chilly, but I, I wear a wet, a wetsuit, I have to say, very quickly. <laughs> okay, smart, <laughs> but definitely a good way to uh, wake you up. <laughs> Yeah, it's supposed to be good for the brain, so I've heard. Uh, um, I mean, I, you know, I'm getting to that age where I begin to want, you know, worry about what's going to happen to my brain as I get older. So, yeah, but I, I love it. It just, um, I find it uh, very nourishing in in a physical, mental, spiritual kind of way. So it, it uh, it's a good way to start start the day. Oh my gosh. Yeah, no, that's absolutely beautiful. And um, kind of like a really, if it's okay, perfect segue to sort of talk about your books, which take place on a seaside town and are very affected by the landscape and especially the sea. Um, would you mind just giving us, I know we are talking about both of your books, but maybe just a brief synopsis of sort of the world and the stories and then a little bit about yourself as an author. Okay. Um and I should say thank you very much for inviting me. It's very exciting of to be of course. <laughs> thank you for joining. <laughs> um yeah so it's a crime series and it's based in Scarborough in North Yorkshire, which is where I live. So the landscape and the sea is uh what I see every day um, and uh, the three books, there will be three, the third is coming out in hardback in June, are covering the first year of Donna Morris's um, time in Scarborough. She's come to this town to do her probationary year as a detective constable and also to be close to her wayward daughter, Elizabeth. So it, the three books follow Donna Morris, really, through that year. And the first one, which is called A Wake of Crows, um, is her first day at work. And uh, a dead body is found in the local woods. Uh, he's a homeless man. And the story is obviously about trying to find out what happened and how he ended up in the woods. But uh, also takes us back to East Germany, East Berlin, before the wall came down and connects with Donna's childhood, which she's tried to kind of push push away from her. Yeah. And then the second one, Drowning Not Waving, um, so a young man's body is pulled from the harbour and the investigation takes Donna and her team into the close-knit fishing community and is also uh, and also into the area of environmental uh, politics and uh, activism so those are the two books that are out at the moment and then as I say no justice is the third one which will come out in June 
Um, so to talk about me, it's weird, isn't it, when somebody asks you to talk about yourself and you think, well, you should know everything. And actually, <laughs> oh, <laughs> um, I've always loved writing and reading. And uh, when I was young, when I was a teenager, I planned to be a journalist. And that's what I started to train to be. But um, really, that that never quite worked out for me. And so I've spent most of my life working in adult education and also working overseas for a charity. But I've always written. And some of that writing has had to do with my work. But I've also always written fiction, uh, nonfiction and poetry. And um since I was 19, I've been writing novels and trying unsuccessfully to get an agent or a traditional publisher uh, um, excited by them. Um, yeah, it's tough out there. <laughs> <laughs> it is. Um, and uh, I self-published. I self-published some novels in uh, about 2013 and it was through the copy editor for those novels that I made the connection with Constable which is a traditional publisher and I've always wanted to get the kind of seal of approval from a traditional publisher yeah that has led me to these three crime novels which are being published by Constable I should also say I would say this about myself um, in my early 40s I had a very severe bout of depression and I discovered that creative writing was really important to me in terms of my well-being and my sanity and I also trained to be a counsellor and um, I think that really changed my writing that that episode and also the training has really changed the way that I write so that's a sort of another little parallel part of my life. Yeah, of course, of course. It can be so cathartic or nice to sort of get everything down on the paper. And, you know, it sounds like you are able to, and it's so lovely to be able to express yourself in so many different types of creativity, be it, you know, fiction or poetry or even nonfiction. You know, going from writing poetry to writing a crime thriller is, is very different. What sort of, you know, inspired that and what aspect of writing thrillers did you find was the most interesting to delve into well I've always written novels and yeah my first novel was was when I wrote when I was 19 on a typewriter oh my gosh yes yeah listeners may not know what a typewriter is uh and I was literally cutting and pasting with scissors and glue (laughs) that is amazing so yeah real long fashion and that was a, a a crime novel of a sort um it wasn't very good obviously nobody picked it up and um I've always loved crime reading mm. crime and I wrote a novel in uh the sort of hmm, I suppose the early 2000s and it was really baggy <laughs> The plot was kind of all over the place. I liked the characters. It was set in Scarborough. I I liked kind of what was happening, but it, yeah. the structuring of it was all, all wrong. And when I came to think, right, I'm going to self-publish this, um, two things made me think 
about doing a crime novel, apart from the fact that I love crime novels. One was that it would help me structure this baggy novel, which was all over the place. Mm. And the second thing was very pragmatic, really. Um, I thought, well, you know, I'm going to self-publish, so I'm going to have to market this. Yeah. And how, you know, it's so much easier to market something if it has a particular genre. Mm -hmm. Um, So I thought, right, that it's going to be crime. Though I would think that a lot of people reading that self-published novel, which came out in 2013, um, The Art of Survival, would probably say, well, it's not really a crime novel. (laughs) It's got a dead body in it. (laughs) You know, quite a lot of other things that you might expect to be in a crime novel. It's not told from a a police officer's point of view. So that makes it interesting. That quite that sometimes makes it quite hard. Yeah. The investigation. So when I got this contract with Constable, um, the editor said to me, you know, the main character has to be a police officer. That's what they wanted. So that pushed me in that direction. Not not that I didn't want to go in that direction, yeah. but obviously a push in that direction. So uh that's how I ended up writing a police procedural. I enjoy writing a police procedural but I do have to watch my poetic uh, (laughs) moments where I gotta go off (laughs) that's great though that's what that's what makes you know uh crime thriller such an interesting genre right because it's a crime procedural does have that one thing that makes it the same always is that there's a murder or some other crime that they're investigating, but it's the way that you present it and the journey that the characters take. And especially you have a very um, different type of protagonist than we see in a lot of different uh, standard crime procedurals. And that's what people, that's what they're there for. That's what they love. And so I say, put it all in, you know? (laughs) I think, I think the genre is very wide now and uh, you know, lots of things fall into, into that that category so yeah I think most people would now say it is a it is a crime novel (laughs) (laughs) but it does have a poem in it each of them has a different poem in it (laughs) you have to stay true to your roots (laughs) okay so I do want to know do you think that you would ever write another novel on a typewriter yeah if I was the hoarding type, if I was the collecting type, but I'm not, I tend to be the kind of person who, who who tries to get rid of stuff. I don't like lots of stuff, but I do love collections of typewriters. <laughs> so it might be something that I would collect if I was that type of person. I think they, they are rather lovely, but no. I mean, what you can do with a, a word processor is <laughs> beyond, isn't it? I just feel like writing by hand. Uh, yeah. so I will you know write notes and things like that by hand um, and I sometimes find if I'm stuck then writing by hand um, you know a page or two pages and then transferring it onto the word processor that sometimes helps to unblock uh, unblock what, what I don't you know yeah. I've got nothing to say it just kind of unblocks it a little bit so yeah, but not typewriting. I haven't got a typewriter anymore. 
probably a little bit better for your sanity too, <laughs> as you're working on a 300 page novel. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, well, speaking of that, I know that you have the two books that I've read, but you have a third coming out, but do you have a favorite line or section from any of them uh, that you would like to share with us? Okay. Oh, um, well, I suppose the thing that I like about um, some of my writing, <clears throat> excuse me, is um, some of the descriptive um, pieces. So I just chose a, quite a short section, which comes from Drowning Not Waving. And um, Donna ha has walked through the uh, town cemetery and it and it exists you can do the same walk as she does and you would see what she saw and she she comes to um the edge of uh the sea she comes to the the seashore where she stands um and contemplates as we <laughs> do looking out over the waves so i'll just read this little little bit she rests her elbows on the rusted rail at the edge of the promenade, the tart air scudding against her cheeks. The sound of the waves rumbles continuously, no inflection, even as one tumbles over and a new, another loses its balance as they race. They slush up arcs of froth in their wake. The sky is a jagged patchwork of greys. Abruptly, the stitches give way and Donna is looking into another world, a region of blue skies. For a millisecond, she imagines a golden beach and swaying palm trees. Then as quickly, this dream world is closed off again. The sun, which must have been lighting it, becomes a white disc, tightly fastened behind grey hessian. She ponders over those graves for sailors, non-graves, for many had not been laid to rest in their hometown, drowned, lost at sea. The anchor chains, delicately fashioned from hard stone, wrap around the memorials, weighting them down, holding them fast, giving the grieving family something to grasp onto, Donna supposes, when their loved ones will never return. The blank spaces on some of the stones take on meaning. They are waiting waiting to give fathers, husbands, sons a homecoming of a sort. Thank you so much. Hearing, you know, your words out loud made me really want to ask this question specifically, but I find that the way that you write is so cinematic and I have a master's in screenwriting, so I kind of know what I'm talking about. But I've never read, especially a crime novel. Um, I think this might be the first one I've read that's written in, I think it's third person present. Mm -hmm. um, and what what inspired you to to write your books that way? I, I found it so intriguing. It was such an interesting way to unpack this story. Yeah. Um well, the present tense, I like writing in the present tense. I think it gives an immediacy uh, mm -hmm. to uh, whatever's being written and also a, perhaps a slight sense of jeopardy because if you're writing in the past, there's kind of this sense that it's already happened, so we already know mm -hmm. that it's going to be resolved. So if you're writing in the present, there maybe is a sense, of, I think it's an unconscious sense, yeah. In the reader that um, we don't actually quite know what's going to happen because it's happening as you're reading it. So yeah. I like the present tense. Um, 
And I suppose I would say that I write in what might be called called the close uh, third person. Yeah. Because um, the point of view doesn't move around an awful lot. Um, I mean, in in the first one, in both novels, it swaps between Mm -hmm. two points of view, but it's not any more than that. So, um, and I I like that. Um, I suppose I could have written it in the first person, uh, but I think that, again, a bit unconsciously, in the uh, reader, when they see the third person, there is just that tiny bit more distance, first person. So um, I like that slight, slightly more freedom there that, that gives me. Um, but it, it's interesting. I know you've got an MA in film <laughs> studies, but I do think the way I the way I kind of think about it is that there's a camera on my character's shoulder yeah is and that's where I'm talking from kind of thing but not only can the camera see out but it can smell it can hear it can feel the the textures and it can also see into my character's head because there's yeah. internal uh, monologue as well so um yeah, it, it just kind of fits, really. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, I I think it just gives that that um, intimacy that I wanted. Um, I personally don't like reading uh, novels which flit too much from character to character. I like to get close to a particular character, um, and yet I felt writing a crime novel with just one point of view would be quite difficult. So I wanted at least two points of view, but yeah. I had that intimacy. So I think it's about immediacy and intimacy, really. Um, that That's what I'm trying to get. Anyway. Yeah. I think it plays really, really well. And, and I, I mean, it, it's so visual. Like I feel like everything that's happening, you're just taking in exactly what the characters mm. are seeing and thinking and feeling in that moment. Yeah. It's, it is like you said, it's sort of like a stronger sense of urgency and immediacy and everything that's happening. I think it plays so well, especially in crime. Um, (laughs) Yes, of course. Um, So I know that so much of this book is focused uh, just on Donna, Mm. but do you have a favorite character to write? And is it one that you've related to the most? Um, well, I do like Donna. <laughs> she's a woman after my own heart. She's uh, in her 50s. She's suffering from the perimenopause, all of which I've had. So I do like her. And um, uh, she's much more optimistic than me. Uh, so it made me laugh. I've, I've been trying to find an agent. and. Um, one agent I was in touch with um, said, oh, you're never going to make it with Donna. She's too depressing. And I thought, oh, my God. <laughs> it's such an effort to make an optimistic character. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> she should hear my really depressing characters. Um, so I do, like, I do like Donna. I mean, I like all of them, to be frank. But um, I suppose Harry, um, I like the feistiness of Harry. I like, um, you know, that she's... Uh, she's you know 
she's she's a strong young woman and um uh, so yeah um I like them all. They're all my babies, aren't they? (laughs) It's hard to pick a favorite, right? (laughs) I mean, I even like the 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 people who are you know who have done the crime. Um, I'm I want my characters who the baddies, if you like. I mean, you have to kind of have people who are who are doing nefarious things. Um, But um, I want their motivation to be really clear and um realistic and i want the reader and and myself when i'm writing it to actually ask myself well what what would i have done you know would would i have done that yeah kind of put myself in that position so and i like that when i'm reading crime as well i like crime novels that have quite authentic motivation and um you know get get characters into tight spaces where they end up doing something which they would never normally do so you know I I, yeah they're all they're all my babies (laughs) even the nefarious ones I love (laughs) Um, so when you are sort of writing these crime procedurals and especially Donna is coming back for a third book this June do you find that writing a lot of the same cast of characters to be rewarding or is it, or are there aspects of it that are difficult? Is it um, tricky to sort of return to the same world or sort of have a slightly new cast of characters for the mystery thriller aspect? Or um, do you find it comforting to go back to the same place? I, I really enjoy it. Yeah. Uh, I love writing about Scarborough um, and, um, I think it has lots of aspects that that uh, lend itself to uh, stories and um, and interesting aspects to it. And I like having the same cast of characters uh, because I like to de- develop them over the mm-hmm. novel. And um, I have got friends, authors who write standalones, and I think, blimey, how do they come up with a cast of characters every time? Which is, <laughs> you know, <laughs> yes. I've got, you know, four or five who are the same, basically. So I'll just have to feed in the, you know, the others. Um, so I I think it I I think it's a bit easier actually uh to be writing a series than standalones um in the crime genre. And and Donna definitely develops her story definitely develops over the three novels. Um and uh, I and as do some of the other characters, but hers particularly has a, a a narrative arc which takes us through the three novels. So I enjoy doing that definitely. Yeah, yeah, it's so interesting to see um, everyone, but especially Donna, uh, grow and change so much between um, the first, just the first two books. And I am curious if it's okay to ask. Uh, yeah. Where do you see Donna's um, arc sort of heading? And especially with these three books taking place in Scarborough because of her uh, like one year probationary period, Mm. do you think, you know, will we see her after the third book or will she be heading off somewhere else? (laughs) Well, I suppose there's always that potential, isn't there? Um, (laughs) Uh, I mean, unfortunately, I haven't got um, 
a contract for any more books. I really, really hope that I will get a contract for more Donna Morris books because I feel in particular her backstory is unresolved and I'd really like to uh, resolve that more uh, than I've done over the three novels. Um, I think that over the three books, she definitely grows in um, confidence and becomes more settled in Scarborough. And for a reason that I won't, I won't let, I won't say, uh, she has reasons to want to stay in Scarborough at the end of the third book. If I, I, I mean, I will definitely write another novel with Donna in it because I really want to resolve yeah. that story, um, even if I don't get another uh, contract. And so I would imagine that fourth or possibly in fifth book. Um, she would still be in Scarborough, um, yeah. but uh, the story would obviously have to take her to East Germany and, uh, well, Germany as it is now and, uh, you know, explore that that side of her story. Amazing. Would you say that a lot of that backstory is what you are most excited to continue developing with uh, with your crime series? I wouldn't say most excited. It, it is a story that I'm personally connected to mm-hmm. uh, that um, when I was 14 I was taken by my parents on a trip to um, East Euro- Eastern Europe as it was then so Hungary and Poland and in Poland um, I met uh, a girl called Claudia mm-hmm. who li- lived and still lives in Dresden which was in G- East Germany at the time and she we became pen friends. She wanted to learn English, so we became pen friends. And since then, we've become friends. So we've known oh. each other ever since I saw her last year. I visited her last year. So um, that that um, I've always been fascinated by the story of East Germany, and mm. um, and it's a bit of history that I feel that I've lived through in a way, and. <laughs> my connection with Claudia quite personally I've lived through it so um so it is a it is a part that I enjoy but uh, I wouldn't have said that it it's the most important um <laughs> I enjoy evoking Scarborough and exploring the different aspects to the uh, town I enjoy writing Donna and how she's developing I think I always want uh to I don't want to sound too worthy, but I want there to be something in the story which makes people stop and think, yeah, uh, and and maybe question uh, what's happening in the world. So you know, uh, in the first one, there was you know uh, questions around homelessness and what happened to people when they they became homeless, and in the second one, there's quite a strong environmental theme. So. I think always at the nub of what I'm writing, there'll be there'll be that um, as well. So um, yeah, that that's what interests me as well. Yeah, no, that's super interesting. Yeah, that's great. So when you find yourself developing these stories, um, especially you know returning to the same cast of characters, what do you find is the thing that's pushing you towards the next book? Do you lean more towards the plot or the character development? 
um, what's sort of the first thing that comes to mind for you? Um, I think I think there's always a kind of sense of a theme or a nub. Yeah. There's the character development is definitely important to me. I do struggle a bit with plot. <laughs> Sounds a bit weird. Um, but um, yeah, I, uh, I, I find that my over over particularly over these three novels I've been able to hone my skills so that the plot is a lot tighter Mm -hmm. and 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 uh and moves uh at a better pace I think and I like to be challenged and one of the things that's always challenged me is an action sequence yeah I don't think there is one in Awake of Crows. I'm trying to think back. Well, maybe slightly. A little, yeah. <laughs> you know, I'm really forced myself in Drowning Not Waving and No Justice to um, write decent action scenes. And um, and I enjoy that challenge because it's not me. It's not my writing. It's not the way that I normally do things. But I think that I think it, they've, they've worked and it's very mm-hmm. pleasing. You, when you write something that you know you're not is not your usual style and yet yeah. people say to you afterwards oh I was on the edge of my seat you know during that and you think oh yeah that's it <laughs> I got that's it. great yeah <laughs> <laughs> so I, I love it all I mean I think writing is the best the best job in the world so you know there's nothing that I uh, I don't enjoy about it but yeah I, I guess I like getting into the the themes and the characters and and making it work yeah yeah absolutely i mean you've spoken a lot about how important uh you know the themes of your books are and, and how they're not you you don't just pick a pick a crime out of a hat you know it's very important to to reflect something that's going on that's important to you and to this town you know one of the things i thought that was so interesting about the the two books is awake of crows was like a little bit more of a slow burn with a heavy emphasis on her backstory and drowning not waving had a few more twists and turns keeping you on the edge of your seat what was sort of your favorite part about figuring out the suspense and the twists of both novels because they are a bit different in both of them yeah um i I mean i like to think i'm getting better at it (laughs) (laughs) um uh yeah uh I think that it, it's about I, I just think when you're a writer you're always learning and and I I've been lucky I've had um a very uh a very experienced editor somebody who's worked in publishing for a long time and um we had quite a lot of backwards and forwards uh in terms of feedback and encouragement as well um so it wasn't the kind of feedback that left you crushed, but, you know, the kind of feedback that made you think, oh, yeah, OK, yeah, I get this, you know. Uh, I'm reading. I mean, I just I read. I mean, I read all the time, all sorts of different kinds of books, but um, I, I definitely made an effort to read um, police procedurals that mm-hmm. had quite um, pacey plots. And sure, yeah. Act- so that I can see how other uh, writers were doing it. So um, yeah, I just I just think it's about always challenging yourself and always developing your writing and and um, trying to make something that will engage 
the reader as, as well as say what I want to say as much as possible. But there's no point yeah. in me sounding off about something that's important to me if the reader isn't going to stay engaged. So, you you know, you've got to do that as well. You've got to kind of learn how to do that. And I do feel that I have developed over these three novels. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And I wasn't, um, I should say, I wasn't trying to say that you hadn't at all. I just think it's so interesting because they're so different. Um, no, and- I didn't, I didn't take what you oh, said. Good. <laughs> and I agree with you. They are very different. And um, I suppose one of the differences could also come from the fact that A Wake of Crows was pretty much written in 12 months. And mm. Drowning Not Waving was a rewrite of a novel that I had written previously. Oh, interesting. Which, um, had already been written several, rewritten several times. So I suppose I maybe I had a bit longer on it. As well. <laughs> <laughs> Lots of time to mull it over. <laughs> Feedback is really important. I mean, if you, you know, if you're lucky enough to have a, an engaged editor, that's always useful. But, um, you know, if you're, you're out there as a writer who maybe doesn't have a contract or, or, you know, get some decent readers in hmm. who, because it's very difficult, very difficult to um, assess your own writing. Uh, I mean, you oh, get better, you get better at it, but you do need that other person to say, oh, you lost me here or the pace dragged there or, oh, I don't understand how, you know, you got from there to there, you know, that, that kind of stuff is really useful. Yeah. Well, it it is also so interesting because um, you, you need such different storytelling for any type of medium, you know, the pacing for a literary fiction novel will be different for a crime novel is different, but even for you know, crime television is different. Oftentimes on crime television, it is a very slow burn for like the first three or four episodes. And then all of the action happens in like the last two, which um, it all, it all, it all, it's all just very different. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I think as long as the reader is engaged, I don't really mind how they become engaged. So, you know, if they like a bit of action, that's good. But if they're also, I mean, I think in the first one, interweaving the sort of um, East German story with the, the present day story, I think that might keep people you know, uh, coming along with it. Oh, absolutely! Yeah, I thought it was very. I thought it was so very engaging. Um, I I loved delving into to both worlds, and especially there's so much to learn about Donna constantly. Mm. But especially in the first book, you're thinking, who is this woman who's like on a journey to become a detective in her fifties? You can't get away from her. She's so interesting. I think that's fairly probably unrealistic. I don't think the police would take somebody on in their fifties. But hey, you know, you know, what? I love it. It it gives me hope that I could just make a drastic career change in my fifties. I say go for it, Donna. <laughs> um, so we are nearing the end of the episode, um, but I did just want to ask you sort of one big question about your storytelling. And I think you've touched on it a little bit, but being someone who has written fiction and uh, crime and poetry and nonfiction, and from what I understand, and I uh, did a little creeping (laughs) on your website, um, you work as a creative teacher as well. Would you say that um, any of this has 
inspired through storytelling in any way where you find yourself leaning towards one creative outlet over another at different times of your life? Um, that's an interesting question. I think that um, thing a lot of things changed for me uh, when I had that bout of depression, and I didn't write poetry before then. Uh, poetry became came out of that experience, and yeah. I think it was because um, at the time I found it hard to write anything of any length, and poems can be small, mm-hmm. and um, uh, so that 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 brought me to poetry also I found the need for um, a kind of creative writing which would um, I mean you you talked about creative writing being a catharsis and it is yeah a catharsis that is one aspect of creative writing for well-being but there are other aspects to it so um, creative writing can really slow you down and make you notice so one of the things that I like to do for myself but also invite other people to do is for instance take a walk and be very mindful and noticing about what's going on around using all your senses and um, that obviously feeds into the way that I describe uh, the landscape and and the environment and the settings um, and I think that um, my experience of depression and also of uh, training to be a uh, counsellor has made me interested in layered characters. So characters who think one thing and do completely the opposite. So yeah. the internal life is very different from the external that they're projecting. And I think that can be true of a lot of us, not all the time, but often when we're faced with certain situations, you know, we could be very scared, but we put on a a show and that kind of thing. So I'm sort of interested in that dissonance between the internal and the external. I definitely think that comes into my writing. Um, I I love um, doing workshops and and I have uh, worked for the University of Hull on their um, degree in creative writing and um, I think being with other people who are passionate about writing is is always very inspiring and uh, it, it gives an energy you know going to a workshop giving a workshop or just being part of a workshop there's a creative energy which you can draw on for sure oh yeah and uh, that's that's certainly true I like all different types of writing, really. I mean, at the moment, I'm very focused on these novels, but I can easily, I can easily go off into nonfiction or poetry. I've never written a screenplay, <laughs> uh, so I don't know uh, about that. But um, yeah, definitely prose, whether it's fiction, nonfiction, or a mix of of, uh, of the uh, of the two. And poetry, I would say, were my kind of um, go-to genres. And um, and I think as a writer, you're just always inspired by life. You know, everything just somehow comes in and gets twisted around and ferments for a little bit. And then it kind of comes out somehow on the page. I'm not quite sure how. But if you let it, if you 
give it room, if you give your writing, your creativity room and time, then it, it you know, it will, it will play and something will happen. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Absolutely. No, that's, that's, that's so beautiful. No, I absolutely agree. Um, do, do you do any writing? I know that you've done the, uh, the, the, the MA, but uh, do you do, do you actually write screenwriting yourself? Yeah, I do. Um, I, I focus mostly on sort of teen television for teens or, uh-huh. or children. Um, but I am branching out, trying other things as well. But it is, you know, I find it's so interesting. It, it You just have to be, for me, so patient with myself because sometimes I wake up and I can be so inspired and I can get 20 pages written in, or I can, I can accomplish so much in a day. And sometimes all I can do for a week or two weeks is just sort of write a little bit about a character or, or just sort of doodle a few thoughts about different ideas that I have. And yeah, creativity is, is so interesting. I find myself always thinking about my ideas, but, um, it, it, I'm such a mood writer. I guess I have to be in the right space to really get things down. Yeah, I mean, I think we're all very different. I'm, I'm quite a routine person. Yeah. So, and also, I'm extremely lucky at this time of my life. I'm not weighed down by responsibilities or salary jobs, uh, you know, that kind of thing. So, yeah. it means that um, my, my best time for writing is definitely in the morning, and and I show up pretty much every morning and will write uh, and. That's the way I do it. Um, yeah. I don't worry too much about the quality of what I'm writing. I think that it's important to get the words down and then think about, you know, all the things that we talked about, structure, editing, you know, pace and all of that. Uh, you know, just get get the narrative down and then and then work work on it. But I know other writers work in very different ways. We're all different, so yeah it's finding your own rhythm but it it certainly helps if life doesn't get in the way (laughs) (laughs) that definitely that definitely does help things out (laughs) (laughs) um well Kate um our last question Mm -hmm. uh, pretty hit or miss with our guests some people Mm -hmm. love it some hate it but what would you say is your all-time favorite book yeah, oh. <laughs> I'm sorry. I can't. I just can't come up with one because they they. It really depends on the, you know, depends on the day, depends on my mood, depends on what what I'm thinking about. I, 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 when I read that question on your list, I thought, <laughs> oh gosh, uh, and then I thought, well, what? What is, think of a couple of books that you remember really well, because that means that they must have been impactful for you. And, uh, and actually one of the ones that I came up with, I read, gosh, I read in my twenties, so this must be 30 years ago, which was, um, Kindred by Octavia Butler. Oh, yeah. Science fiction book. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, it came out in the UK, um, through the women's press and um and the women's press is very close to my heart uh, because I also worked for it for a short amount of time so 
that would be one, I think, um, just because I can still remember how it felt to read it in my 20s. And it was so uh, expanding of my yeah. I think that that would be that would be one and I'm going to have two two because I'm going to have a contemporary one okay <laughs> which I've only just read <laughs> and this is supposedly in the crime genre though it's very much um it's also quite futuristic and it's Eve Smith the waiting rooms I don't know if you've come across oh, I've, that, but no, that, I've, that's I've not set, read that one that's set in a kind of uh dystopian future okay where uh antibiotics have ceased to to work um uh and um so yeah I, I'm, I'm gonna put those two out there for now nice <laughs> thank you i know i know it's tough but um we want to know <laughs> even if it's just your favorite book currently right yeah exactly, exactly. yes it might be <laughs> Uh, Well, Kate, before we let you go, um, where can people find you if they're looking to sort of keep up with your journey? And do you have a favorite bookshop where they can purchase copies of your book? Okay. Um, Well, I will say that all my, well, uh, Drowning Not Waving and um, Wake of Crows are, are available in all formats now. Um, and in fact, there is an audio book of uh, Awake of Crows. Um, nice. Which is lovely. Yes, lovely. So they're available wherever you get your, normally get your books. Um, and I always urge people to go to their independent bookshop, uh, wherever that is. Um, so support the indies is what I say. And, um, I'm sure if you go into your local independent bookshop, um, and they don't have one of my books, I'm sure they can order it in. So that's where I would uh, suggest you, you you go for my uh, books. Um, yeah, so I have a website and I have a blog, which you can sign up to follow. Um, it's scarboroughmysteries.com. Perfect. Uh, and I'm on Facebook and I'm on LinkedIn. Uh, just search for Kate Evans author and you'll find me. Amazing. Well, for those of you who are interested, we will keep that information in our episode description um, to be able to click and find Kate as well as copies of her book. Uh, Kate, thank you so much for joining us today. It was so nice to get to chat to you. Well, it was great. Thanks ever so much for giving me the opportunity. (laughs) Of course. Thank you. Thank you. And we look forward to your third book release of the Donna series this June. Thank you very much. Thank you. All right. And with that, we heckin' did it, you guys. Thank you so much for listening. If you like what you heard, share us with your other bookish friends and family. And if you're listening with Spotify or Apple Podcasts, be sure to rate and review the show. If you're interested in joining our Novel Finds community on Patreon, please follow the link in our bio. And be sure to follow us on Instagram at Novel Finds Podcast. As always, thank you for being a novel friend. We will see you all in two weeks.